You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. What's up, everybody? We are back. Hello. We are here in the place where we do the thing. Yes. My name is Derry. I'm Ethan. And this is the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. Come on. We try to talk about the gray areas of Christianity that the church doesn't usually talk about yeah. or address very much. Yeah. Or maybe you don't talk about your friends very much, but you lie awake at night thinking about. Yeah. So we're here to talk about them. Existential crisis questions. Yep. Like, why am I here? We got you. Yep. What about this topic? We got you. Yep. All of it. Yep. And today, yep. a great episode that we hope at the end is going to bring you hope, um, clarity as to some of the nature of God that maybe you might be confused about. Something that is more or less actually a touchier subject. Complicated, too. Yeah, complicated and touchy subject. And so we're going to dive into it and do the best we can to explain to you, well, our opinions and the other opinions. Excuse me. All the opinions. uh, Yeah, all the opinions and see, see what we can do for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So we're talking about sovereignty today. God's sovereignty, how much is he control versus how much free will do we have. Many, many different views. And just for clarification, for those of you coming in here and you're like, oh my gosh, the church talks about this all the time. Why are you guys talking about this? We're not really talking about like the classic argument between like Arminianism and Calvinism. Like we're not going to go really super in depth to those ones because we could do freaking like a long, long like show about right. both of those, right? We're not really debating which one is correct. We more want to talk about like how much is God sovereign? How much is he in control of? And how much does he intervene to yeah. our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're talking about. So we got that on the show today. We're on really deck. excited. On deck. Mm-hmm. I've like really enjoyed this topic because it's something I've been, I guess I wrestled with really a lot in like two, in the last two years, like figuring out what I believe about sovereignty. And I don't, I don't want to say God's not sovereign, right? But I know like emotionally, I was like, I don't know if I agree with some things that, that may right. be considered God's sovereignty. Right. You know? Some people make some bold claims, you don't understand it, and you're like, how could that be possible with all these things that are happening? It's kind of confusing. Yeah. So real quick, um, do you want to go into the definition of sovereignty, what the basic idea of sovereignty is? Yeah, sure. The term? Sure. First, I want to like say where it's kind of from. Like, it's both in two parts from just the definition philosophically of God and his infinitude and what he has to be. Um, so being sovereign, being infinite. Um, and we can go really deep into that later as well. Yeah. And then it secondly comes from the Bible, right? In Romans um, uh, 8, 29 or something. Let me see in my notes if I have it. Yeah, it's 8, 29, 30. Um, classic verse, those he foreknew, he predestined, right? According to his works. Those mm-hmm. verses, you know it. Yeah. Um, so there are many verses in the Bible about God predestining, foreknowing, all of these different words that people can get mixed up in. And it kind of seems like in Bible studies that you go to when people don't really know the answers, someone in the group will just come up with something that sounds right. Mm-hmm. And like they'll just go with that. And there isn't a lot of study that actually goes into what foreknowledge and what predestination and sovereignty actually is. Right? Right. Um, it's more just like, oh, that sounds good. It's a complicated topic. I don't want to go into it that much. I'm kind of tired. I'm not going to like think about it too right. much. Or you know maybe I mean? I'll offend somebody, so I don't want to say too much. And then, sure. Or maybe it's a big topic that I don't necessarily think I agree with on these with these people on, but I don't want to get into it because I don't feel comfortable enough to defend my points Yeah. or whatnot. And so, yeah, so the idea of sovereignty is basically God is in control of everything. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I would say I'm not stretching too far to assume that the basic Calvinists would say God is sovereign in the way that, that he controls everything, right? Mm-hmm. They would say he controls every speck of dust, depending on how much they say sovereignty goes, but like John Piper, right? Super Calvinist. Mm-hmm. Um, great preacher, but really Calvinist. And <laughs> I said, but as if... <laughs> but I, I really like him as a preacher. And he's super Calvinist. He makes a joke that he's like, there's only there only can be like a five point Calvinist and like because in their doctrine he says he's like a seven point Calvinist. So by his own definition, he's like the Calvinist of Calvinists. And he wow. his um, idea of sovereignty is that God has absolutely dis- completely controlled and decided ev- where every speck of dust lays, like down to every detail and thing that happens to people and things that would that things that we say like this happening right now would be God's decision that we would talk about this. And then we're going to disagree with him on our point. So it's kind of funny because, well, I would disagree with okay. with John Piper and how I understand sovereignty, which is funny because then it's God's, by his definition, it's God's predestined plan through his sovereignty that I would say all these things. Yes. Which is just a funny nuance about yes. um, predestination and sovereignty. Anything you want to add about sovereignty that you would think I, that I maybe missed or bring clarity to? Yeah. Um, there's a lot in that. <laughs> like, yeah, Ethan, you're wrong. So much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, sovereignty comes from the idea, philosophically, at least in my mind, that God is infinite, right? So you kind of have to define infinite before you define sovereignty. And so for God to be infinite, um, like an infinite being, it means he has no creation, right? So he is outside of anything that is created. Anything that created comes from whatever that sovereign thing is, right? And we believe that that's God. And so if God is the sovereign thing, um, one, like there can't be two sovereign things, or the, sorry, there can't be two eternal things. Um, there can, or frick, I keep saying the wrong word. There can't be two infinite things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, there can only be one infinite thing because whatever is infinite is everything. Right? Because it would have to have... Wait, when you say whatever's infinite has to be everything? Yeah. Are you saying, like, equating whatever's infinite with that everything is part of that thing? Um, Not necessarily. Um, Just that outside of the created order, right, if you step back from creation, everything that's outside of creation is infinite, Right? And the okay. very definition of being infinite means, like, being without bounds. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So you don't have limits. So if you don't have limits and you're infinite and you're outside of the created order, outside of time, that means you have, by definition, all knowledge, all power, everything. You're everywhere yeah. because you have everything. You are mm-hmm. limitless. So everything that there can be to have is yours and is you technically, right? So there can't be, like two distinct gods that are both not each other and infinite and infinite. Okay. Right. Yeah. The only way that works is in a Trinitarian model. And we can talk about that um, later. Um, (laughs) But there couldn't be like two separate gods who are distinct and are distinct beings because they wouldn't be able to be infinite because the limit on both of those things are each other. They have a limit because they're not the other one. Right. Right. Making them not infinite because they have a limit. Does that make sense? So, by God being all of those things, it's sort of hard to match our free will with his sovereignty because sovereign meaning you're just over everything, right? 
you could use the word control or knowledge or yeah. like however you want to infer it, right? A lot of people have a lot of different definitions of what sovereignty actually means. So for God to be infinite and for him to be sovereign and him to be outside of time, and then you're going to talk about how much he's in control of, it's kind of a hard thing to define yeah. when it seems like he would have to be in control of almost all of it. We're kind of getting into more of like what I think about it and we want to kind of save that right, right, for right. a little bit later. For a bit. Yeah. But yeah, no, that makes... So, I, th- I think we followed most of that. You want to go into maybe like kind of the two opposite views that people have had for a long time, like between Arminianism and Calvinism yeah, I'm and not how they ne- kind of juxtapose each other? I don't necessarily know how far Calvinists go with... Not Calvinists, sorry. Arminian people go with sovereignty because I grew up Arminian, right? And I would mm. claim Arminian, but not <laughs> off the walls like some. Um, yeah. But in at least in my experience, it wasn't like sovereignty wasn't ever talked about. We'd say God's uh-huh. in control, and that'd be the extent of it, okay. right? And then we'd be like, but you have free will, and it's like, well, what does that mean? Is he in control, or do I have free will? Yeah. Or is it both? I'd, and then, but the Calvinists, I would say, would say everything. So yeah, that's part of it. Um, the Calvinists would say God is so sovereign and in control that like down to your salvation as well. Mm-hmm. Like you did not choose to be saved. God chose to save you and you responded because of irresistible grace. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the Arminian would say God has opened the door for you to be saved and you chose to be saved. Right. And the fact that they would say, the, the Calvinists would be upset because you're saying that you had a choice in your salvation, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Right. Sure. And so I don't know if I'm necessarily answering your question too well. Is that anyway. sort of? Yeah. Um, I think many different Calvinists would say many different things based on sovereignty, and so would Armenians. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different like uh, it's a it's a very big spectrum right. of belief. It's a, right? I would say it's like yeah. It's a so you can be like sli- that's a sliding scale. Like where are yeah. you in sovereignty? Yeah, exactly. I think um, the main question kind of boils down to and. Obviously, it's hard to reduce it to this, but it's just for, like, the simplicity of people listening who maybe haven't thought about this a lot, um, is how much does God intervene in our daily lives and in what we do, right? Mm. So, like, one end of the spectrum would be he doesn't intervene whatsoever. He doesn't yeah. do anything to mess with our free will. Every, um, every decision we make is our own decision. We have ownership of and responsibility of the things that we choose and decide, um, and all those kind of things, right? So in the physical realm, God wouldn't intervene. Right. And then the other end of the spectrum of that is God only intervenes. Yeah. And that's he intervenes every time, and everything that has happened is planned by his hand um, and happens because he has done it, yeah. right? So those are kind of the two ends of the spectrum. And you can take either, pers- either, um, either one of those based on different perspectives and kind of loop arounds and ways of thinking and stuff like that. Um, and then there's obviously middle ground, um, which I think is where like a lot of people kind of land, mm-hmm. where maybe they don't they see like oh God has intervened obviously in this person's life with this miracle or with the Bible like God created the Bible He obviously intervened and and had those people write the Bible right right He sent Jesus to the world so He intervened a little bit there right So there's some amount of intervening happening scripturally, yeah. um, but how much and how much does it happen now and all those kind of things right How much do we not see so mm-hmm. Every kind of person makes up their own mind on how much God actually intervenes into our own lives. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Oh, no, that makes sense. Um, I think I get that. Do we want to go now into where we, uh, what we believe about sovereignty? Sure. All right. 
Do you want to go first or want me to go first? No, I'll go for it. All right. So I affirm that God is sovereign. And now, but I have a definition that is different than, um, I would say, the Calvinist definition. Okay. And to which they might reply, well, then you don't believe in sovereignty. And I would say, no, that's why I define it differently. Hmm. Because I still call it sovereignty. I still think it's sovereign. So I believe sovereignty exists in the way that God is totally in control to do as he pleases. That's another part of sovereignty is God is free to do what he wants. Right? Sure. He is sovereign. He's in control. He's the only free agent in the universe to decide, I'm going to do what I want and no one can stop me. Yeah. Right? He's the only one in the universe that can do it. He created it. Mm-hmm. Totally down for that. Totally believe it. Amen. But I would say, because then that goes on like, well, how much uh, free will do we have? What about free will? Do, are you saying God controls everything? I'm not saying God necessarily controls everything. I think in God's free, uh, God's sovereignty, he's given the space to humanity to have free will. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't think free will contradicts God's sovereignty. I think free will is is a, a byproduct of God's sovereignty. Okay. Where God created humanity in his sovereignty, and then he said, I'm going to give you the, the ability to have free will to make decisions on your own, to, to recognize my grace and respond to it in the way that you, you so choose. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that goes... In. But then I also believe, obviously, that God intervenes dramatically in different situations all throughout the Bible. You see okay. it. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe he can still intervene today just as much. And that is why I would say I intercede a lot. I pray a lot. I pray that yeah. God, that your will be done, your kingdom come. Just I don't say it explicitly like that, but the mm-hmm. idea of that is that would God, that God, your will be done. Yeah. And that's, and I believe like, yeah, God can work in our decisions and he responds to response to our prayer. If I was a full blown um, extreme sovereignist, <laughs> a Calvinist who, or, or sided with that idea of Calvinism on that spectrum where I'd say God like is in control of everything and no one has a say except for God. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't pray too much and I probably wouldn't evangelize too much. Just logically I'd be like, well, other, and then they would say, okay, but you have to, because the Bible says to, because you have to obey. But then I think, but if I don't do it, then that must be God's plan. Right. And I would just, I like to see the logical inconsistency, at least in my mind is doesn't, it's not consistent. If you're Calvinist and you're listening, um, hit me up and help me understand mm-hmm. what you believe if you disagree. And so, yeah, I would say in God's sovereignty, he's opened up the space for humanity to have free will, recognize grace when they're confronted with it, and respond in a way that they so desire. Yeah. And I think that doesn't contradict the Bible. I don't think that contradicts sovereignty. And I think it's still, I think it's a good understanding of both. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, I would say, I think I mostly agree. Um, I think my perspective offends both parties Woo. Um, in the language that I think I use um, and the kind of the perspective I have. Because I would say my initial statement would offend most Arminius by Arminianists by, I think God is in absolute control of everything, okay. that he's absolutely sovereign, that everything that happened or ha- happened and has happened and will happen um, dang it I used two past tenses everything that has happened is happening and will happen there you go okay. um, was predestined by him and foreknew by him um, but then so I think that would be the sentence that I believe that would offend an Arminius but then my perspective on that I think is the thing that would then kind of go against the very definition of those things mm. where I think that just by God being 
infinite, he has to have known everything that he's created in time. So it's kind of a perspective, right? If you step back and you take God's point of view where he's always existed from both directions of eternity, right? He's always existed. He always will continue to exist because he's not bound by time. Um, if you are looking at the universe from that and say I'm, I'm, I'm God and I'm looking at the universe as like a little bubble like in front of me that I just created. I don't see it necessarily like linearly. I just see it like it is I, I technically can see linear like ness as in I see the timeline of things happening but like I just see it there in front of me right, right. away. Right? So um, I see all of existence and for me to be able to create that I have to okay it. It's not like I created human beings and then I watched like their lives unfold and like I was necessarily saddened by like the choices they made as they made them necessarily from a human perspective you could say that but I would say more God saw everything that would happen from the very beginning of creation before it was all created scriptural um, and to the end of it what we would choose we choose sin a lot of people would suffer all of these things right and then I believe he still chose to make those things happen right not to say chose to make the evil happen, but chose to give us free will, chose to put us in this situation, chose to um, let us be able to experience love and relationship with him, right? Yeah. He chose to create us even though he knew the evil that we would bring upon ourselves by our own actions, right? So I don't think to say that God is sovereign and in complete control of everything is evil or puts um, sin or wrongdoings on God. I think God is in control of every action that I've made and you've made and everything that will ever happen in this world. But from a perspective of we have free will and we made those things happen by our choices, but that God still predestined all those things to happen from him choosing to like press the okay button on this whole like creation that he's made. So would you say that? Yeah. So you're saying like, and I'm just trying to rephrase this and make sure I understand. Would you say that he doesn't directly decide the things for you? but he would indirectly decide it by allowing you the space to make those decisions. Yes. Yeah. So it's not that he's de- he is deciding it for you, but you're also deciding it for you. I believe both of those things can be true. It's just like if I know my kid is going to um like cross the street. Yeah. Right? Um and like, by me having my kid, I know one day he'll cross the street, right? Nothing bad is going to happen to him. I just know, like, one day he'll cross the street, right? By me creating that kid and me knowing he's probably going to cross the street, or, like, say if I was God, I know he's going to cross the street. By me putting him into action, I am technically making him, like, choosing for him that he's going to cross the street because I put him into action. But he also has his own free will to take those steps and cross the street, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like the option to cross the streets there by nature of him, his existence. Of, yeah, of having free will. But you're not being blamed for the action of the crossing the street. Yeah. I would, I would say I would agree with that because I, I think about it also like Henry Ford, right? He created the car. Mm-hmm. He knew when he created the car that people would probably be in car accidents. Mm-hmm. But we don't blame Henry Ford yeah. for those car accidents. Yeah. Of course, that kind of knowledge is different than God's knowledge because you're sort of presupposing bad things will happen where God saw all of existence and still chose to create because he saw that the 
the damage that would be done to human beings for, from human beings is not as great as the love and relationship that would come from human beings um, and from God, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, and something that, like, that's like a really hard concept to wrestle with for some people. Yeah. Right, and I don't want to get too off topic, but I want to just take this quick caveat to say, at least my opinion, and you can bounce back and if you disagree or whatnot. Mm. I believe, like, this world that we're living in now is probably, and I could be swayed otherwise mm-hmm. if maybe someone brought up new perspective, but what I hold now is that I think this world, this universe, is the best possible universe for existence for the most people to enter into a good, loving, and strong relationship with Jesus. Sure. And then, well, obviously people say, but what about the kingdom? In the kingdom of heaven later, won't that be the best? Yeah, but that would be still part of like this yeah. Creation. I don't think God would be a good God if he didn't choose the absolutely best outcome that could happen. Yeah. And then right? the question is like, but given our free will, could God even, is it possible that God would create anything less than the best? Uh huh. You know, why would he, what would be the intention? Right. Well, that'd be the thing. It's like, there's a, there's a theological term. I forget what it is, but it's basically like God can't create not the best, you know, by perfection, he, everything that comes from him has to be the best case scenario for whatever purpose he's completing. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would, that's like my hope. Cause it's like hard to think like, Oh God, you saw how wicked humanity would be and how much we would hurt each other and, and the terrible things that would happen. Mm. And why did you still do this just for the sake that a fraction of us would enter into his kingdom? And I would say, yes, that is why he did it. And that's a good thing. That's a loving thing. He didn't have to do that. And the fact that anyone gets saved is a miracle in itself because mm-hmm. we all don't deserve it. Right. And, but we have to understand that the, this is the best possible universe. At least this is how I understand it. This is the best mm-hmm. possible universe for the most salvations possible to mm-hmm. experience God. Mm-hmm. And we just got to like, yeah, wrestle with it, but like rest in it, you know, and yeah. think about it. And really the sovereignty is something to, Find rest, and I find so much joy in sovereignty. Yeah. Like, just like, going off another quick caveat. Um, did you want to say, comment on that universe thing, the best possible? A little bit, as long as you're not going to forget what you're going to say. Oh, I won't forget it. I'll come back to it. Okay. Um, I struggle with the word perfect, like God creates the perfect universe, because I just don't see things in necessarily like a perfect lens. I more see it as God created based off of his character, and everything goes according to his character in the best possible outcome to reflect who he is necessarily, right? So in God being a loving and merciful God, I think this is the most loving and merciful universe that could have existed, um, could have ever have existed, given all the possibilities and all the choices based on of our free will. So not necessarily that like, like I guess you could use the word perfect um, as like an inference for, for that, um, but it's just harder for my mind to wrap around. Like, right. it's just so, being a perfect universe, more of a universe that represents his character well. Is his character perfect? Yes. <laughs> Got him. I'm just teasing <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, no, like, okay, so I guess I could sub out, like, best case scenario universe uh-huh. for most salvations. And I'm okay with that. That's not the, um, that's not a yeah. the hill to die on. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, in this cultural moment, at least, right? Like, we just saw. Um, the capital gets stormed, right? Mm. <laughs> like that's absolutely insane. Yeah, and everything that went on in 2020, and then started off 2021 with a man and a woman, and then other things, and then mm-hmm. all this. It's we want to impeach Trump a couple like 15 days before he gets out of office. Nine. What's that? Nine. I thought it was the 20th. It was a transfer? 
Hold yeah. him one day and teach him. You're saying. I mean, it's nine days till he till he. Uh, or now it is. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking like when they. Probably yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyways, and then we storm the Capitol and all this stuff, and you're like, what is happening? Why? What? This is insane. God, where are you? Mm-hmm. And I say, that's where it's encouraging to rest in the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. That's when it's exciting to, to think about the sovereignty of God, that no matter what government structures exist, or no matter how bad they get, like the Middle East, the com- like communism, and, and killing people and whatnot, and what the Chinese are doing to the to the Uyghurs, is that what they call it? Uyghurs. Uyghurs, sorry, the Uyghurs. And the like how, how terrible like the oppression and, and terribleness is, and, and humanity is just disgusting. You know, like, where's my hope? Our mm-hmm. hope is in the sovereignty of God, that not only does God see it, but he's not excusing it. Mm-hmm. All right, God, his nature comes against evil. Mm-hmm. And part of his sovereignty is coming against evil. He's in control. He's not, like, scared about all the things that's happening. Mm-hmm. And he has a response. And his response will be justice. And his mm-hmm. response will be, will be just. Now, he would prefer his response to be allowing them to be saved. And he yeah. does allow them to be saved if they repent. But if they don't, he, he there is justice. You know, God's not blind to these things. Yeah. And just because we don't see that how maybe God might be operating, that doesn't mean he's not doing something. And so as for Christians, like, we rest in God's sovereignty, knowing that he holds us in his hand mm-hmm. and knowing that, man, like we won't die unless he's kind of allowed it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's where I like really like sovereignty. Where I'm like, bro, I mean, maybe I can mess it up in one regard, but then in a sense that maybe that one regard that I messed up, maybe if I went skiing and, and, and like broke my neck or something mm-hmm. maybe that was like decided beforehand i don't know about mm-hmm. all that stuff but it's like exciting to think as a christian that like no human can take me out of this earth unless it's by god's will and he says hey I'm, i want to come i want you to come home and for the christian to die is gain mm-hmm. you know so that's not a, a threatening thing either or at least it shouldn't be you know hebrew says that he saved us from the fear of death yeah absolutely let's talk about um the practical implications of God's sovereignty. So, like, what are the logistics of God being sovereign? Less in, like, a big scale of we can feel secure because God is watching over us, um, whatever that means. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people say it all the time. <laughs> like, whatever, whatever that means. means. Uh, however you choose to define that, you know That's what I mean? Um, so, like, what are the, the practical implementations? At least, like, would you say we sort of agree on sovereignty a little bit yes kind of yes um it's like not like either god's totally in control or we all have free will it's like god is totally in control and, and we, we have, have free will. will yeah um both scriptural yeah but a lot of things i think i just want a lot of peace in, in this concept of not everything has to be either or a lot yeah. of things can be both and and once you accept that and realize that life gets so much happier yeah for sure um I hate the answer if I can't understand, like, because you just can't understand, like, the problem, though, so. What? Never mind. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? Like, some people will say, like, it's not either or, it's, like, both and, you just can't understand it. And I'll be like, but. People say that? I want to understand it. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't, I've never had anyone say that. Yeah, I'll be able to do that. Anyways, um, so, yeah, what are the, the practical implications more on, like, a, a smaller scale of, like, day-to-day rather than, like, over your head, God is watching over us, right? right. So, like. If God is sovereign, how do I act in, like, the decisions that I make? What, like, kind of like we talked about last week, like, mm-hmm. like at what point do I consult him? And, like, how much of in control right, of my life right, is he? Right. How much of my life has he planned out? 
Um, like, does he know where I'm going to go to school? Or are there, like, options of where I go to school? Right. Like, does he know I'm going to eat for breakfast tomorrow? Like, has he planned that out already? Or do I get to choose, like, I eat, like, so, nothing or So you want to get into Molinism. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different parts of it we can go into. Yeah, no, um, that's, that's good. But, like, do you want to talk about those practical implications at all? It can be really simple, yeah, too. Just be a line. Right. And so, yeah, I'd say, like, so God obviously foreknows everything. And yeah. I don't equate, equate, <laughs> I don't equate foreknowledge with predestination. Meaning, when that Bible verse says those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In, in Romans that you mentioned earlier. Um, I would say Calvinists would hear that and say, okay, those he foreknew, the ones God selected, he predestined, he decided beforehand that they would be saved. They would think that. Like, God chose this person and said, you're going to be saved. Right? Oh, I'd agree with that. <laughs> well, you're wrong, and I'm excited to tell you why. Okay. Just <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I do think you're wrong. But it's okay. From the perspective of God chose everything to happen, foreknew all of us, and knew what we would choose, knew we would choose him. He predestined mm-hmm. everything that has happened by like pressing play on the By pressing button. play on the universe, then yes, indirectly he's decided. No, completely play. directly. Well, earlier you said indirectly. No, so. it's direct. Okay. It's a direct choice with our direct choice. Two choices. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say that um, the ones he foreknew, like he just, I would say that's not an individualistic um, uh, statement. Because of the culture that was being written to as a community mindset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so those he foreknew, I would say, would be the community of Christians. He's predestined to be conformed to the image of his sons. Okay. I would say that verse, how I read it, is saying the community of Christians will look more like Jesus when they die than they did when they got saved. And what that implies is, at least how I understand it, is that you can choose to be saved. And if you choose to be saved, and if you choose to be in this community, and I think you have it in your spirit to, to respond to God's grace um, with your your decision making, because um, Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in the hearts of sure, all men. Of men right? yeah. So everyone's pondering this. Everyone's thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what I'm, well, what I'm saying is, that if you get saved, if you respond to God's grace, you get saved. Now you're this community of Christian. Now you're predestined to look like Jesus. Okay. Right. That's how I understand that. I don't think it's necessarily like. I choose you, and I don't choose you. I think it's... Pikachu? Yeah, right? I choose this group, and you can walk into that group if you want, but that group is going to look like Jesus. That's what I... That's how I understand okay, it. Yeah. I can see that perspective, for sure. And I don't know where I, where I got on that, um, where I was going with that. What was the question? Oh, the practical implications. We're yeah, like the small practical yeah. implications. Um, so with that being said, with actually, yeah, well, yeah. As far as... So if you're predestined by God's sovereignty as a Christian to look like Jesus when you die, then... There's an aspect of, okay, there's, there's a responsibility on your part where you need to be trained by righteousness. Uh-huh. You, know, you need to allow yourself to be in the scriptures and let the scriptures speak to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you mm-hmm. and be teachable and humble and have that attitude. And then as you grow in righteousness, as you get trained through scripture and understanding, you're going to grow in wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And your decision-making process, like we said last week, will look like Jesus's and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so as far as like the daily decisions, like... Where should I get gas? Um, should I, what kind of coffee I should get? Who I talk to? What I say when I talk to them? Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I guess you would say that God is choosing that because, like you said, He pressed play on the universe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think God is necessarily has His fingers involved in that. Mm-hmm. I think He's given that space available for us to operate as free agents uh-huh. in certain regards, and His sovereignty is there to guide us if we're about to do something that would be unwise or if we're about to do something that we yeah, shouldn't do. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's in the background and just there to intervene, mm-hmm. but there's an aspect where, like, I thought in my life in certain regards that I was going to go do this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I got there, and it did not go how I was expected, mm-hmm. but something fruitful did come of it, and then I left, and I thought, huh, maybe the only purpose in that was for me to have this interaction. Yeah. And, that, and I didn't see that in the, in the moment, but I don't think God was making me say everything. It just gave mm-hmm. me the opportunity, and it yeah. played out. I would say maybe it's in the background of our perception, but in the the foreground of our reality. Like in reality of what like the main thing is and what like the main plan is that's happening is God's. And he's like absolutely going out and, um, and accomplishing his will no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. And him choosing for you to be a part of that will, like in that time, um, like is, is your choice as well to choose into, but like, it can seem like, Oh, like this thing just kind of happened. Like, Oh, and God intervened here. Yeah, and like you can see that, but like I think God is intervening every second of every day. We just mm-hmm. necessarily don't see a lot of it. But at the same time, when you're talking about like maybe He didn't predestine every little like word you said when He went and did that thing, I think my perspective on it is probably similar to yours, and more that like He knows what you're capable of saying and what you're gonna say if you go talk to this person. Because he knows how sanctified you are, how much time you've been spending reading your Bible, like how much time you've been spending, um, like learning about him and talking to him and worshiping, right? He knows where you're at. Mm-hmm. And so he knows if he goes and sends you to this person, he knows what your response is going to be. And so he knows he can trust you to go and minister to this person. Whereas maybe if he sent like this other person, he's not going to send them because like he knows what they would say to them or maybe they wouldn't say anything to them. Yeah. Right, it would either not be fruitful, or they wouldn't say anything, or ignore it, or something. And so, yeah. you walking in that situation, I wouldn't say as God like planning out your every like word and move necessarily, but Him sending what He knows um, He's already put in you to go and and speak to that person, right? Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could say that's Him planning out your every action, um, or it's Him knowing the actions that you've taken that He's already put into place by you following His word. Like, there's a lot of things you could statements you could say about it based on your perspective you could say it's all you or it's all god based on your perspective of either or you could say it's both yeah yeah i would i think we yeah same oh yeah man yeah yeah, 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 yeah i can do it i'll buy it man i think it's so funny and like i have like some of my closest friends are like really strong mm-hmm. calvinist you know who you are you're listening i love you what's up hopefully still Hopefully. I mean, he messaged me all the time talking about it. <laughs> um, like saying, hey, I like I miss point. you. Come back, please. Yeah. You can do that because anything that you do is God's will. No, but like, yeah, I just wonder, like, I, I'm actually like, genuinely curious. Like, I wonder, like, they should never be upset in my mind. Calvinists should never be mad at people because everything that the people around them are doing is like God's plan, apparently. Right, so you should be like submitted to that. I feel like that's kind of a limited view, though. So maybe, maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just have a. Maybe I'm. Ignorant. It's a funny joke, though. Yeah, I like the joke. It is a joke, but I'm actually like seriously. Sometimes, like, wait, like, what actually do you do? Like, why? Yeah. Like, if someone cuts you off in traffic, why are you reacting in negativity? Maybe God wants to teach you patience. Yeah. And I would say that, like, that's also for me too. I'm like, that's just legitimate. Yeah. And maybe God, I wouldn't say that God predestined that person to cut me off, but they cut me off, and then it became an opportunity. Maybe he for, did though. Meet a girl. Meet a girl? No, me to grow. Oh, <laughs> it was an opportunity for me to meet a girl. You know? <laughs> I was like, wow. Yo, one time I was, at a, I was at this event at a church, and my friend and I were leaving, and we backed up, and this other car backed up, and they hit us. 
or we hit them. Be careful what you say. You have a girlfriend. Now. I know I have a girlfriend. I'm not. Nothing happened. Okay. We just got out and like, they're the girls and we were talking to them, and then we we were just like, oh, is it like we looked at the car we're like, oh, there's no damage, and then we start driving away and Seth was like, oh, I just had his name. Sorry, bro. He's, <laughs> so, <laughs> he's married now and Come I have a now. girlfriend, so obviously nothing happened. Okay. okay. And it's okay. 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 <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show. I don't think. Um, but yeah. So then we like got in the car. He looked at me. He's like. I should have got their number for insurance purposes or something like that. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, buddy, okay. <laughs> That's so but funny. yeah, we were both um, a lot more happier than we probably would have been with those people. Right, right. So. Nice. <laughs> oh, is there anything else you want to say on the subject of sovereignty? Man, uh, just another encouragement. Like, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And no matter what we see in our world, our politics, maybe like natural disasters that seem confusing – God is ultimately the one who dis- I was gonna say decides everything. Yeah, like, but like has his his influence there, and he is mm-hmm. good, and we can trust God with His sovereignty because yeah. He's a good God, and everything He does, I would say, is working for the purpose of trying to get as many people saved as possible. And yeah, it's weird to say God's trying because He doesn't have to try because He's God, but mm-hmm. our perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And so, just be encouraged, like rest in God's sovereignty. When you're stressed, anxious about things, pray to God, ask him to provide, and then just trust and rest that, man, God is sovereign, and and he's going to take care of me. Mm. And that's exciting. Yeah. I would say, as a warning, it's really easy to fall into a lot of incorrect mindsets when you think about God's sovereignty, or you think about your own free will. So one of the bad mindsets you can get into when you're thinking about your own free will is you get nervous that you're the only one in control of things, Right. And a dangerous pitfall you can come into when you're thinking about God's sovereignty is that everything happening um, is like a part of – how do I say this correctly? It's, it's technically <laughs> a part of God's will. But <laughs> You're running into some, yeah, yeah. some problem. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, it's, it's like from God. You know what I mean? So you see this in like athletes a lot. Like if they win a game, they say like God did it for me. Like it's all part of God's plan. And then when they lose the game, they're like – they make up some kind of excuse, or, you know? You just didn't play as hard. Wait, maybe it's God's plan you lost. Learn yeah. to be humble, bro. Yeah, or maybe your team just didn't play, like, as well, and it wasn't, like, God's opinion that you lose that day. Right. You maybe, know what I mean? Now, now I'm, maybe God doesn't care about your sport game. No, he does. Maybe. I'm just, maybe he no, doesn't. Dude, God loves basketball. Maybe uh, God doesn't care about basketball. No, God's a 76ers fan, for sure. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, I would say you got to be wary of both of those mindsets. You have to take into account that God is in absolute control based on his word. He said that he has predestined everything. He foreknew everything. He's in absolute control. But at the same time, his word also says you are in charge of all your own decisions. You're in charge of your repentance. Um, you're in charge of the things that you've done to other people. And it's repeated over and over and over in Scripture. Why would God command us, like, give us a whole book based on how to live this life mm-hmm. if, like, our decisions weren't important, right? So it's a duality of you are absolutely in control of what happens in your life, but God is also absolutely in control. And you have to submit your control to God's control, mm-hmm. right? So you have to submit your decisions to him, but also know that you're still in charge of the things you do. But you, you have yeah. to submit yourself to being sanctified by him. Yeah. Exactly. So don't go to either extreme. I would say find what you believe like somewhere in the middle and then be responsible with the things you do and know that God is also in control 
Um, but not every bad or good thing that happens is from him necessarily, in yeah. my opinion. I like it. Nice. Take responsibility for your spirituality and honor God. Yep. All right. Well, guys, you know where to find us. We got YouTube. We got Instagram. Mm-hmm. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. Yep, Twitter. We got TikTok, I think. Yep. Or it's coming. Soon. One we, of those. We got it. Yeah. I don't know anything about TikTok, except I watch them on Instagram. And with dairy sometimes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so have a great time. Remember to trust in God. Mm-hmm. And by, I mean that like really rest in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. He is for you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he can bear the things you're dealing with. So yep. talk to him. We also have a Patreon. We have a Patreon as well. Thank you for our newest supporter. You know who you are. We love you so much. Adios, amigos. See ya.